seriously popular. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mate, the bottom four clubs in the Premier League have got three points between them so far. If this, if this carries on, given the way that modern football is, I would imagine that somebody's going to get sacked. You're like a visionary, aren't you? Uh, teams don't win games, football manager uh, gets sacked. Yeah, uh, I mean, of course I'm going to agree with you on that. It's, I mean, when you look at the uh, the, the three promoted clubs, uh, managers who, you know, last season, uh, company, Paul Heckingbott and Rob Edwards, who, I mean, two of them really miraculous, uh, you know, what they achieved in getting their teams up. And you think Sheffield United had an embargo on them. Uh, and, um, and and Rob Edwards at Luton, one of the smallest budgets in the championship, getting them promoted. I mean, that is exceeding expectation by uh, a long shot from both clubs in that respect. Uh, but we know when football clubs don't win games, then, uh, then you know, managers uh, eventually... Uh, get the heads chopped off and, uh, and and club owners look down a different route. But it seems slightly unfair on, uh, you know, on, on managers who get the teams promoted in a short space of time when they uh, end up getting sacked. It, it is unfair. It, it's absolutely unfair. And you and I take absolutely no pleasure in, in uh, predicting who will be the first to go. But I am going to do it anyway. And having seen Everton play, admittedly against a good Arsenal team at the weekend, I do worry for Sean Dyche. I, I can't get this thought out of my head that he might soon be in trouble. Because of this takeover, you're saying that? Partly because of the takeover, partly because I don't think the Everton fans will take much more of it being down at the bottom again. And Everton have a history in recent seasons of, to, to, to quote you, chopping the manager's head off when things start to look bleak. But what, what was Everton's fans' expectation at the start of the season? Everton fans' expectation, I suspect most Everton fans knew they were going to be in another relegation battle. You know, haven't haven't spent big money. They brought Beto in, who I, th- I think is, you know, on the face of it, is a decent signing. But they were always going to struggle. I don't think any Everton fan was, was thinking they were going to get European football. It's a slow builder for uh, Everton and they listen it would be foolish for them to think about sacking Sean Dyche you know he he is the right man for this environment which Everton are in at this moment in time the problem I think is is partly the the football which which has not been um 
exciting has not been particularly engaging so far. They've sc- only scored in one game. That was the, the two goals they scored in drawing at Sheffield United. But they have got Dominic Calvert-Lewin back. He came off the bench on Sunday. They have got the boy Beto, who you mentioned. I was speaking to Martin Keown with you on Monday when we were in the studio for our It's All Kicking Off podcast. And Martin seems to think that better is the real deal having watched him play. Yes, and uh, I, I mean, Martin doesn't have a lot of positive things to say about many people, but if, if Martin rates Beto, then uh, then Everton have won a watch, haven't they? I think Beto, as far as I can see, did, did well in a, 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 an Udinese side who weren't... Uh, particularly sort of territorial dominant and, and dominated the ball, hence why Sean Dyche has, uh, has signed him. But the issue for uh, for Beto at the weekend against Arsenal, I mean, you know, Alan Shearer wouldn't have wanted to play up front for uh, for Everton at the weekend um, because, he, you know, he, he barely got any service. So, you know, I think if you look at Everton and, and earlier games this season when they uh, created big opportunities, a lot of opportunities against Fulham, a lot of opportunities against Wolves. They didn't take them and uh, certainly Beto needs to uh, to have more opportunities created for, for him. Everton at Brentford this weekend, that'll be another, you know, we talked last weekend about Brighton and Man United, you know, a, a very well-run smaller club beating a very badly run big club you could you could say it's a meeting of similar with Brentford and Everton now United themselves um having conceded four uh, last night at, at Bayern Munich although they did manage three of their own go to Burnley one of the other teams at the bottom that we're talking about United normally do okay at someone like Burnley do they do they need to be worried or is this an opportunity for Burnley to get their first win on the board I think this is a must win for Manchester United at the weekend. More importantly, I think mm. it's a must win uh, for Eric Ten Hag because I think the faith amongst the Manchester United support will be dwindling with, with every loss, with every insipid performance. So, you know, way at Burnley seems to be uh, an obvious opportunity for Manchester United to get their season back on the rails a little bit. So if they don't win, you know, I think a draw would be a a bad result for Ten Hag. Ten Hag needs this. I don't think anybody expected them to beat Bayern Munich, uh, in fairness. And, uh, you know, Anana had a nightmare. I know you've sort of toed and froed with Anana this season, haven't you? You know, you've you've said he's he's the best goalkeeper in the world and then you've said he's a dud. Where are you today? On Anana, what what I actually said, what I actually said about Anana when United signed him was it that, was that it was a risk and it, hiring a goalkeeper who hasn't had experience of Premier League football. That was all I said. You like to tell people that I wrote him off. It was I said it was a well, risk. What I've subsequently said is that what I subsequently said is that he started the season well, which he did. I didn't say he was mm-hmm. the best goalkeeper in the world. I've, I watched the game last night. That was a schoolboy error. So what I think that shows more than any great kind of uh, damning verdict on, on the goalkeeper, on Anana, I think it shows that this kind of, this um, virus of uncertainty is starting to spread through that Manchester United team. I mean, last night you had Marcus Rashford playing well, you had Rasmus Hoyland playing well, but then you've got Lissandra Martinez, who doesn't look like the player that he was last season. And now the goalkeeper's making mistakes. That's what I would worry about if I was Eric Ten Hag. The fact that the confidence is draining out of that team. I would agree with that. I think... uh... 
Manchester United's problem area, and they're, I say problem area, but, but the biggest issue Manchester United have is that midfield area. I just do not think they have the legs and, and, and dynamism. Of, you look at other teams at the top of the table who do, and that's their, that's their biggest issue. We, I think we discussed it on Monday, didn't, didn't we? Manchester United really can only play counter-attack, and that's, that's their problem. Every time you say dynamism, I think you I think you say diamondism. Um, but I need, but I've, I've been holding back from. I've, I've been. You used that word on the show on Monday, and I thought, has he has he said diamondism there? But I need to listen to it again before I really kind of tear into you, tear into you on that one because it might be might be my. I think. Ears. Yeah, I, I, um, I, listen, you may you may be right, or you may need to get your ears syringed. Yeah, well, my ears are certainly big enough. They should should be working. North London derby <laughs> this weekend, sun, Sunday at the Emirates. Always a really intriguing game. This one feels like it could be an absolute belter. Oh, I, I, I've got to tell you, I am so so looking forward to this because uh, I don't. We, are we allowed to talk about Ange Postecoglou on the pod today? Yeah, is that okay? We, yeah, we'll let it slide. Yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. But Postecoglou. Postacoglu- we, he will not take a backward step. He, you know, it, it's the same process all the time. And this is going to suit Arsenal. This isn't going to be a Manchester United rocking up at the Emirates and, and, and parking all sorts of buses. This is Postacoglu who will who will go there and he, he will just go for it. And I think that suits Arsenal in, in many respects. I'm actually away this weekend, and so I can't go to the game, which is gnawing away at me. Because I'm with you, I think mm-hmm. it'll be, I really do think it'll be something to watch. And I'm in one of those. I've already gone through all the motions of when I'm coming home on Sunday. Can I watch the game before I come home? Can I watch it at the airport? Can I watch it when I get home? The answer to do all you have that to is ask no. For permission. Do, do you have game. Do you have to ask for permission to watch the game? We have. We're a modern family. We have more than one television <laughs> in the house. You know, I know. That's good. No, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. We're northern, but you know, we do have we do have an inside toilet and a roof on the house and things like that. Really? You, you know, what I mean, and, sh- and shoes on our feet. You know, we're not walking around in clogs. Um, so I won't be able to watch the game, that's, which is that's which Dutch. is so which is go on. Which, it's true. Uh, double dots. I'm um, I'm not going to be able to watch the game. I'm going to have to rely on you to fill me in when I get back on Sunday. But I mean, I think Tottenham will fly into this game. I don't. I think they'll be on the front foot. I think it'll be so good to watch. What interests me is whether this will be a top of the table clash or a top four clash as it is now when we have the return the other side of New Year, or whether Tottenham's start is a great start, but there'll be a levelling off. <laughs> I think we're going to be able to judge Tottenham better after the, these next two games, Arsenal uh, uh, and Liverpool. I, I get the excitement. I'm excited about Tottenham. Tottenham. More importantly, Tottenham supporters are excited about Tottenham. You could, looking at one aspect, think, well, they've had quite a gentle start with the, with the teams that they have beaten, but it's more the manner... Uh, in which Postacoglu's going about it and, and the different culture now uh, at Tottenham and the, the different mindset. Tottenham are a, a great team to watch, but this is, this is, the, this is the acid test against their North uh, London rivals and, and where I think, you know, if Tottenham, if Tottenham somehow end up uh, being able to win this game, I mean, just imagine the excitement. And I bet there are Tottenham fans, if they do end up winning this game, who think, blimey, we can go on and win the Premier League here. They won't be right, of course, but I th- I, they will think that. No, no, I don't. I don't think they will. Um, 
I mean, it is, it is the acid test. You put it, you put it very well there. I don't want to labour this point, but I'm just going to mention it. Uh, Daniel Levy, the Tottenham chairman in a kind of fans forum um, environment with Tottenham supporters, suggested there's a buyback um, option for them with Harry Kane. Um, I don't know why Levy would, would wear this as a badge of honour. Kane's gone. He's enjoying himself at Bayern Munich. He scored last night. Tottenham are thriving without him. They need to let, they really need to, to let, let that one go. Harry Kane is not coming back to Tottenham any time soon. Now, goalkeepers, we had a bit of to and fro on our Monday show about Mikel Arteta trying to claim that he will sub Ramsdale and Raya in and out during games. I think that's You're nonsense. Last night, I'm not having it at all. Ramsdale was on the bench on Saturday, on Sunday at Everton. He was on the bench last night in the Champions League. He's on the bench. He's the number two. He's going to have to accept it. <laughs> yeah, you why don't. Are you I mean, I bet he's not laughing. Why do you think Mikel Arteta isn't believable, Chris? If that happens, if Ramsdale finds himself finds himself back in the team in a couple of games for a big game, I will eat my northern clogs. I will eat my northern clogs. I'm telling you. I don't think Mikel Arteta's lying on this. I, I I think he 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 have, he knows he knows he will be picked up on this by people like you I, by by knee jerk journalists like yourself up into Scotland. Um, I know where you're going here. Celtic Celtic lose a game in the Champions League away to Feyenoord with a, a depleted team, a team which hasn't quite ready, um, you yeah. know, for the Champions League for 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 various reasons. And are you going to attack? Brendan Rodgers now? I'm a huge fan of Brendan Rodgers. I think you know this. And this is why I'm really interested in what he does uh, achieve or doesn't achieve second time round at Celtic. I don't think he should have gone back simply because he won everything he could win last time round. He didn't win in Europe, but Celtic are not financially equipped to win in Europe. I don't think that's going to happen. I know you got to final back in your day, but that was a long time ago and the finances were different. Ian, how how does that relate to uh, to Brendan's decision-making to go back to Celtic? He won everything last time, so the very most he can do this time is the same as what he did last time. And I don't see the point of that when he could have, for example, off the top of my head, stuck around in England, maybe gone to a club like Leeds or somewhere like that, and, and, and given himself the challenge of rebuilding a great club like that. I would have loved to see Brendan with a challenge like that because I think he would have been brilliant at it. I just don't see what he does in Celtic that he, in, in Scotland that he hasn't done before. On Monday's pod, you, uh, we had a, a, a disagreement about Graham Potter, but you said Graham Potter you know, only got seven months. Brendan mm. Rodgers has, had, has, mm. has, se- has had seven games. Okay, and you are essentially judging him and a result in the Champions League, which I didn't think they'd go away and win at final for various reasons, not necessarily related to Brendan Rodgers. I, I, I think Celtic should have been ready for this game because they automatically got into the group stage and they weren't ready in terms of recruitment. He's been unlucky with not having a centre-half pairing, his best centre-half fit for Celtic to compete in the Champions League. Quite frankly, they need Brendan needs all his top players fit and ready and, and raring to go. They weren't ready. But that that, that that's a sort of slightly different argument to what you're saying about you don't think Brendan should have returned. I think that there's a lot to be okay. admired about somebody who, who who went back and said, do you know what, I've got unfinished business here. And he, want, he wants to, uh, so seven from seven, as we've said many times on this podcast, Brendan Rogers, seven trophies from seven trophies. But if he wants to go back 
and make that next step in Europe. And you're saying it's difficult. I'm not going to argue um, with you for that because I do, I do think it's difficult, especially at Champions League uh, level. But it, but but I I do think that uh, that that looking at Brendan, his track record, I thought it was the right appointment. But I do think the fact he wants to go and prove himself again, he should be applauded for that. And you know he could have taken so, the easy option. I I I, I spoke to Brendan Rodgers. I interviewed Brendan Rodgers. Could have gone to Saudi Arabia and gone for the for the for the big bucks at Saudi Arabia. So going to uh, back to Celtic, where it's difficult when he left uh, the club and he got a lot of flack for that. Fair play to him for that. And, and, and there, are, there are people, there, there, there are a lot of people who, who viewed the situation. And I get why you're saying that, you know, about not going back. And, and, and I understand that argument. But I think we should look at this slightly differently and, uh, and certainly admire Brendan for, quite frankly, having the balls to go back. Celtic are at Livingston this weekend. Livingston have a plastic pitch. Um, David Martindale has actually tried to put a bit of pressure on the Celtic team by saying that there's, there's three or four players who haven't played on a plastic pitch before. They won't be able to cope with the, with the surface, with the environment. I mean, Celtic are not going to lose there, are they? I might be wrong here. I'm actually covering the game. I don't think Brendan Rodgers had a good record at Livingston uh, before. I've, do, do you know what? Plastic pitches, Ian... They should be banned from football. I, I truly believe that. I've never seen a good game on a plastic mm. pitch. And what, what Livingston and Kilmarnock, who are you know in the Scottish top flight, they, you know they don't water the pitches, so that they are dry. Mm. Uh, they are bobbly pitches. They are not conducive to fast flowing football. They are a leveler. Every time Celtic and Rangers go away to Livingston and Kilmarnock, we've seen Kilmarnock beat both Rangers and Celtic already uh, this season on their plastic pitch. Mm. But they are. A leveler, and do you know what? David Martindale is probably right. Have you ever played on one? Yeah, played on a few. I mean, I played on the old uh, uh, Kenilworth Road um, plastic. Did you? Pitch. Did you? Because yeah, that, was a, I, I, that was a shocker with that <laughs> with that big hard bounce, wasn't it? Have you still got the grazes? I mean, if you fell over or you know were tripped up or whatever, you'd get third degree burns. I had third degree burns on my knees and elbows. It was a nightmare. You had to be so exact with your passing, otherwise it used to just roll out of play. Most of my passes used to roll out of play. <laughs> so you're get you're learning. You see, you're starting to you're starting to use my punchlines before I can use them, which, which is uh, quite get a in good, there first, good way yeah. of going forward. Right, look, great chat, mate. So. um, I'm really, I really want to see how this Ramsdale thing plays out. I really, really do because I'm pray for pray for Ramsdale. uh, There are people listening to this pod praying for Ramsdale to see you eat your clogs, your northern clogs. When I'm getting on my plane back from back from Madrid on Sunday afternoon, if I see that Ramsdale's back in the team, I think I might turn around and go back to the hotel. (laughs) Right, mate. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'll speak to you on Monday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market